You are now listening to the Jason Capital Show. So sit down and lend me your ears. I am Jason Capital. You are an action taker in this world of talkers, and we are here together handcrafting your legendary life. How do I make money? What does your day look like? What were some of the biggest challenges you faced? Ask JC. What's going on, everybody? Paul Tancredi here. Watch as I interview Jason Capital on Life Tips. First and foremost, Jason, I want to thank you for uh, having me on the podcast. Super awesome. Dude, um, good to have you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Leading into it, I just want to ask, you know, for somebody who's brand new to making as much money as I am, um, realistically, it is. <laughs> Solid flex. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's, it's new. It's like it all happened this year. It's, you know. Um, you right, know right around the time you came to the summit. Right around, it was literally a month after is when it started happening. It was yeah. awesome, yeah. Um, that's when things really started to kick off. So, like, for instance, what, what do I do, you know, what, what are good routes to really invest in? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with, I've been listening to Greg Cardone, you know, all, like the recession happening, all that stuff. Yeah. What do I do with the current money that I have? So, know, so right now, you probably just have a bunch of money sitting in a bank account, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. All right, bank is probably the worst place to keep yeah. it. Obviously, you know, because of interest rates versus inflation. What I did, and I'm going to, I'll tell you what I did, how I fucked up, and what I think I should have done instead. So when I was 24, I made my first million. Like that year, all I wanted to do in my brain was have a million dollars liquid put away, right? Because I was like, I could be an idiot after that, and I'll be good for life. And whoever, like, we'll all be good for life, at, at, like, the very least. So I saved a million dollars that year and it was around April that I got a letter from my CPA who was like, hey, so I know you pay your quarterly estimates this year for taxes, but you made a little bit more money than we expected this year and so here's the rest you have to pay. I'm expecting like, fuck, 50 grand, 100 grand, $525,000 I owed to the US government in one lump sum. And I'm, I just turned 25, right? So I was like, fuck, because I finally had a million. I'm all happy about it. And now more than half of that, I have to take out of there and give to Uncle Sam. I will never see that money again. So after that, here was the problem, right? You, if you just keep saving money and you put it away, you're going to have to pay tax on that. Yeah. You get that, right? Yeah. So in Arizona, is there, there's, there's a state tax, right? There is, yeah. Things like 7%. Okay, so seven, so you're, dude, you're going to be paying in taxes roughly like somewhere between 40 and 47% or something like that. So if you, if you in the next 12 months, you put a million bucks away, that's not yours to keep. You're going to have 47% of that, <clears throat> you're going to have to give to Uncle Sam if it just sits there. 47 k Does that make sense? Yeah. So for every, every dollar you save, half of it is just going to go to Uncle Sam, right. roughly. It sucks, that's doesn't insane, it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> so... I, I still really believe in like you should have like the apocalypse fund, like you should have a mill put away liquid um, for that reason. And a mill is just a number. It doesn't have to be a million. It could be half a million. It could be two fifty. I have one of my, my second millionaire student, Stephen Keith, uh, his number was 250. That's all he wanted to put away. And, and he did that pretty quickly, right? So just whatever number makes you feel comfortable, I think you do that. Just for your own yeah. peace of mind, I think that's necessary. After that, dude, like I'm young, you're young. Yeah. Right, so we have a lot of money-making years ahead of us, and we have high-income skills. So no matter what happens, economy, 
crash, right? It's a, a bull or bear, it doesn't matter. We're gonna make money no matter what. And because of that, I think we can be a little more aggressive with trying to multiply the money that we're making. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right, so I think you put the money away, Apocalypse Fund. And by the way, I keep that in a Vanguard Index Fund. That's where I keep mine. Vanguard Index Fund. Vanguard okay. Index Fund. I'll show you on your computer later yeah. if you want. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what I would do with that. And then I think it's, you start figuring out like, well, what do you know already? And where are the best places you can allocate the other capital and resources where you can maximize ROI. Like if you're someone who really understands angel investing, I don't think you are, I'm not either. If I did, then that would be a good place to put money. If you're someone who really understands real estate, that would be a good place to put more money and you grow that. Um, but I really believe like, I think the smartest thing you could do with the extra capital is put it back into yourself. Okay. Yeah. I think the most valuable thing anyone can have today is their personal brand. Like we have to realize there's no going back. Like personal brand is not going away, it's only getting bigger. So like a guy like Gary Vee who's got six and a half million followers on Instagram and who knows how many on all these other, like, like ridiculous amounts. Five years from now, that's only, that's gonna be 30 million, not six million. And the whole fucking world is gonna know him. Like people are gonna know more, like pe more people are gonna know Gary Vee than they know Brad Pitt or George Clooney. Yeah. That is literally gonna be a fact because of personal brand. As a result of personal brand, when Gary Vee was first giving speeches, I think in 2014, he was getting 20 grand a speech. 2018, he was getting 150 grand a speech. 2019, $200,000 a speech. Only thing that changed was his personal brand. So I think the smartest thing you can do with your money is put it back into your brand and establish yourself and what you stand for and your message uh, and, and really grow a brand that transcends niche. So you are this great media buyer now, but you have a big, big brand, like a Kardashian type brand. Dude, Kardashian can sell anything to the audience and make a ridiculous amount of money because of brand. So I think that is, like, if we're looking, like, where are all the pockets you could put money to find the best ROI? Is it real estate? Is it angel investing? Is it into my personal brand? Is it trying to do stocks? Is it Bitcoin? It feels to me for someone young who's got energy that into, like, once you have the, the apocalypse fund put away, Putting it into brand and growing that is the best thing that you can do. Growing your audience, growing your brand. Uh, I saw a great quote from Cardone the other day where he was like, dude, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. Yeah. And if like content and brand is this way now where like you can make your content so it infuses the fucking globe and everyone, people, kids in Bangladesh and, and grandparents in Moscow, like they don't know you, but they've seen you before and they don't even know where they saw you but they've seen you before they've seen your content in some way just that little exposure of you to them gives you such leverage over time that i don't think anyone is uh i don't think anyone's assessing the roi of that accurately like i obviously you help us with ads now right so yeah. you you know we're running a lot of different ads and all, like all these different stuff i have people now I'll give you a good example we were at fashion island the other week with dan who's filming here and uh we were walking around filming some stuff with Uber drivers actually. And there's a guy working at Fashion Island who drives, Fashion Island's a mall by the way, he drives a golf cart and it's like complimentary and if you're like, I don't wanna walk to Nordstrom's, you just hop on the golf cart, he'll drive you there. We're walking, he stops, he goes, Jason? And I was like, yeah. And he was talking for a second, how do you know me, how'd you find me? He goes, I don't know dude, I saw your ads a couple of years ago. And I'm like, and that was the first time it dawned on me, like there is a long-term ROI to ads, to branding, to putting out all kinds of content everywhere. He just remembered me from two years ago because he saw me in some ad. I was probably in the, in the hot tub with like, I know, I know exactly what ad he was talking about. 
right? But like, are you starting to see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is this new age of content where if your content can infuse the globe and touch everyone everywhere, it's like the new way to power. Everyone knows you. And now, like, no matter where you go, you got connections, you got influence, you have status. You, there's so many, like, and that's good for, it's good for me, it's good for you. But now you can help more people, you can reach more people, you can do things that, that someone without brand couldn't do. Okay. Is that, is that yeah, starting to yeah, turn yeah. some ideas for you? So at the end of the day, a personal brand will give you leverage in every aspect of your Every. Life. Like, yeah. so do you, like, here's the thing, and I know you're going to answer this question because everyone's answer is yes. Would you like one day to speak on stages and get paid a fuckload to do it? <laughs> everyone yeah. on the planet wants yeah. to do this, even people who don't like speaking. We all want, like, everyone wants to do it. Yeah. Brand will let you do that. Do you want to go to a city where no one knows you, put out a post on your social and says, you know, hey, I'm trying to get reservations. Like, dude, a few years ago, I was in San Francisco. And there's a, a, a Michelin restaurant there. It's got the most stars. I think it's three of the most stars Michelin can have, maybe four. It did one best restaurant in the world like twice. It's called French Laundry. All right? And it's like a six-month like, wait to get a reservation. I posted I was in San Francisco. Customer emails me. I'm a chef. I work at French Laundry. I love you, Jason. You and Natalie should come and be my guests. I was like, all right, cool. Tonight? He's like, dude, six months. Wait. I, I was like, tonight? <laughs> Hour later. He's like, all right, I got you in. And now I'm taking Natalie to the best restaurant in the world. By the way, it wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> it was like the service was amazing, but it wasn't that good. Yeah. But the point is, that was brand. And that was, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm still like, I don't think I'm that big or anything. I, I got a lot of runway in front of me. So like, there's all these benefits to brand that you couldn't get anywhere else. And then in addition, like there's, there's so many like cookie jars you get your hands in and deals you get access to that a civilian would not because of brand. Okay. So yeah. I, it feels yeah. to me like that's the that's probably the most the best place to put it. I, like think about it, dude. More people, especially millennials, they'll save money to put into their house. They'll put more money into their house than they will themselves. That's very true. It's insane. That's ridiculous, yeah. right? And then by the way, millennials, it's it's funny because the average millennial I think has seven hundred dollars in their bank account, <laughs> like that, which is really scary, especially yeah. if there's a recession coming. Yeah, if that does happen. Okay, so then basically that leads me to ask next. How much per month should I, should I be investing into myself? Should I be investing every single dollar that I have to invest back into myself, or do I diverse into other ones as well? I think you go buckets. 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 So, I uh, the way I don't do it quite so much anymore because uh, you'll see why in a second. I used to do, and I recommend all all younger people do this. And in fact, if you're older and you're just starting to make money now, you do it too. Which is that of all the money that comes in, first ten percent of it just put away. Right, this is Richest Man in Babylon. Have you read that book? Yes. Okay, this is basic stuff, right? George, George Clayson, you put 10% away. Right. Next 10%, you put into self-education. And that's, so like now, if I took 10% of what I'm making, that would, I, don't, I couldn't spend it on self-education. <laughs> yeah. But when I was doing 50 or 100 or 200 a month, then I'm, I'm putting five or 10 or 20 grand a month just into my own education. That might be courses, uh, masterminds. Uh, I, I like to do a lot of private consulting. Like I'll pay guys you know, 10 grand for 90 minutes because I, if I get one-on-one for 90 minutes, I know that I can get, like, yeah, so, like... Extremely valuable. Yeah, yeah. right, so I, I go bucket one, put away, bucket two, 10% into yourself in your own education, and then bucket three maybe is 10%, and that goes into brand. Okay. Right, and that, that might be sense. your your DRock, your shooter, your editor, sure. right, or your content, your distribution, your creative, whatever it is, it's the brand of Paul. Okay, right, whatever's going to grow in. Yep, that yeah. you build for that, and then... Uh, maybe you have a little more to put into like a, like a higher risk bucket, mm-hmm. right? So maybe, I don't know, if you like stocks or you like Bitcoin or maybe, like, like I, I really, I don't think a recession is that, I think people are like, winter's coming and I'm like, no, it's still July, right? 
I think we got a few more years, especially I think if Trump wins this next election, then we'll delay the recession. Yeah. I think if he doesn't get elected, there's definitely going to be a crash. Um, but I think, I think it'll be prolonged. But, like, dude, there's going to be a fire sale coming up yeah. in a few years. And so maybe that last 10% you do just hold on to, or even more than that, just so you can stack a mix, like a Scrooge McDuck yeah. pile of cash. So when all these, these properties and real estate go on fire sale during a recession, you just buy it up. You buy them up. Yeah. Um, and a lot of a lot of people I know who have money are just we're just like waiting for for a crash. Waiting for that to happen. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and then the rest, I mean, and then the rest you can you know like live on, and then you you need to put money away for taxes right. unless you move to you know a, a, a better place for taxes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one of the, one of the biggest mistakes I think I made when I was younger was one I didn't buy real estate when I was younger. I wish I had. I'm doing that now. And the second one is I just have. I don't have it as much anymore, but I had this very strong affinity to just live very ostentatiously, right? Like before I lived here, I lived in a $25 million house on the beach in Mar, which is like one of the richest cities in the, the world, right? Like, did I need to be living there at 29? No, right? Before that I was living, you know, like I've been paying like more than 20 grand a month just for where I live since I was 25, right? Wow. So like, do That's I need insane. to be, do I need to be doing that? No, but I really like it. Right? Like my, my whole theory is like, listen, life is short. I'm smart with most of my money. And like I work from home. I spend a lot of time at home. So if I'm going to be at home a lot, let thy home be badass. Yeah. Right. Makes so sense. so that, that's, but you don't like, if I didn't do that, if I lived in the okay spot and I paid six or eight grand a month or something like that, I'd have a lot more fucking capital. I could invest in other stuff. Frankly, I just, I, I don't Living care that life. much. Yeah. yeah I want to yeah. live. So there's, there's got to be a balance, right? You need to reward yourself also. Right. This is, this is something I think a lot of people miss is like, don't go overboard with it. But like the, the framework I always think about is set goal, reach goal. So we reach, then we reward, and then we re-raise the goal. So let's say your goal is I want to make 100K a month. So yeah. Paul hits 100 grand a month. Yeah. So you reach. Now it's time to reward. Yeah. Right? We want to condition ourselves like Pavlov's dog. Okay. So I hit a goal. I want to fill my brain with tons of dopamine and serotonin as soon as possible after I hit that goal to literally condition myself for like, fuck, that felt good. I wanted to do that again. Yeah. Right. So I reach reward. That might be a trip to Vegas. Okay. Right. That might be you buy yourself a dope car yeah. or you, you know, a, a dope trip. Right. Whatever is going to give you like a ton of fulfillment and dopamine to make that legally. Yeah, yeah. Like like the legal way, not like through your <laughs> yeah. nose. Right. Yeah. yeah. But but now you're conditioning yourself for like. I'm very happy when I hit goal. Like you, you, yeah. You're associating it, right? So we reach, we reward as soon as possible, and then once you come back from rewarding, it's time to re-raise, set the next milestone, the next goal, hit that one, reward that, and you just keep going up as you condition yourself up, up, and more. Okay, as you work your way to a million. Okay. Yeah, yeah or, and sense. then what comes after that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, makes complete sense. Next something I would want to transition to from that is, you know, when you're, when you're looking to... Say you have an already established business. Like currently, I've I have one that's completely established. I'm working on establishing the second one. At what at what point do I work on the third? Can I can I work it as a side project and just gradually grow it, or is most of my should most of my time be spent physically and mentally on this one, grow it to where it's completely automated, then work on the third one, or what's? So the the second one that you're working on right now, is there a lot of ceiling still left? Extreme. A yeah. ton. Yeah, a ton. And are you in a good place to capitalize on that, that gap? Yeah. Then I would 
focus very intently on that second business okay. and not get distracted with the third. What I like to do is pick the vertical yeah. and then fill it up as much as you can, right? Maybe not 100% because typically like zero to 80%, you can get there pretty quickly. Sure. 80 to 100 is like a lot of work. Maybe you want to do it, maybe you don't, but you can maybe get to 80 or 85 of the potential and then automate some of it Start and then go to the next one. So I like to take them out vertically one by one okay. until you become like a Richard Branson. Yeah. In which case, they're like, for Richard Branson, there's no vertical and there's yeah. no horizontal. It's just, there's just, he's, he's up here, yeah. earth is down here, yeah. and he's just spinning it looking for things to invest in. Yeah. And then once he picks one, he has someone who pays a million dollars a year and went to Harvard, who he's just like, scale it. And they go, and then he's like, return with the money. And then they return with the yeah. money. Like, that's a really good place to be in. But until you get there, I think, I think you go vertically, I think is the best way to go okay. about that. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, which, yeah. So then next question would be leveraging, going into personal development. One of the things I find myself going right now is uh, career-wise, everything's going great. But with that, I see my personal development gradually, you know, losing itself because I'm putting all my attention on career. Mm -hmm. Is it like a good idea to, you know, take time off and spend, you know, a month just personally developing yourself or like what's... So what... What lets you know that your personal development is going down? My daily habits, yeah. What about your daily habits? Do you see or or experience that lets you know that, wow, there's something off here? Yeah, I'm not waking up as motivated. Even though I'm making what I'm making, I'm not waking up as motivated to just solely work on this. I see myself, you know, when I I am working, yeah, I'm, I'm working full force, but I am also just, you know, relaxing at times too, and I should be relaxing. How do you relax? Do you get like distracted? Distracted, yeah, you know, Instagram, yeah. You're, you just, know, you're just scrolling on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. You got red knees? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, red knees all. Yeah, totally. So, when were you, when's the last time you felt like for a period of time you were just totally motivated and there wasn't a lot of relaxation or distraction? Uh, I would say earlier this year when the first business was really taking off and you know I was getting the process of automating it. I mean, I was really in a groove, but then one night out, just next day, just completely just... Totally. Yeah, redoes that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that, but you're 23, yeah, right? 23, yeah. Yeah, so if, if I tried to tell 23-year-old Jason, stop drinking and partying, yeah. he would have laughed. Yeah. He would <laughs> yeah. be like, huh! yeah. and then taken a shot of vodka Red Bull. Right. So I'm not going to like say that, although I'm just going to plant that seed. You were really motivated, and then you started hitting your goals and making a bunch of money, and yeah. now you've lost motivation. Is that about right? Yeah, in terms of, yeah. I'm still doing the daily tasks I need to do, but motivation is like. But you, are you, here's the thing. Do you feel like you're kind of going through the motions on those things as opposed to getting the most out of them? Yeah. On some yeah, of them? Yeah, yeah, going through yeah. the motions. Yeah. Yes. So anytime you're going through the motions, you're screwed. This is, this is like the sign in life, and anyone listening, if you're going through the motions at all, like, stop, wake yeah. the fuck up, something needs to change now, because if you let this thing go on too long, you will forever get stuck in a cycle of mediocrity, and more, and even worse, being okay with being fucking mediocre, right? So we want to avoid that a lot, yeah, right? Absolutely. So what we need to do if you're going through the motions is, usually what happens is you had a, a standard for yourself, like, you're like, I'm making 20, 30, I want to get to 100, and then you got there, and now what do you do that you're at 100, right? Well, if your goal was 100, you hit 100, now you're not as motivated, right? What happened was when you are at 20 or 30, you had a big goal that you were working towards, and that motivated the shit out of you. 
do you have the next goal already that you're thinking about? I have it on paper, but I'm not consistently thinking about it. Does it does it like jazz you up when you think about it or no? Not really. Okay, so what like here's what I've found is that when my goals when I was younger, if the goal was about me, motivated me. Once I hit that goal, I tried to set the next goal that was about me again, meaning I make this much, I can lift this much weight, etc. And the second and the third time, it didn't motivate me as much. Sure. And what I realized is I just need, like, we all need, we have like, the first goal for most entrepreneurs is the moving away from goal. I don't like the money I'm making, the life I'm at, I wanna get away from this, and I'm really motivated to fuck this job in 8K a month, I wanna make 100 grand a month on my own. And for some of us who are willing to put in the fucking work in Kaizen, we get there, right? And now we're making 100 grand a month. But yeah. now we have trained ourselves to be really good at moving away from things that we don't want, but now we have something we want. What's there to move away from? Yeah, so I guess, I guess the question is how do you find what you want more? Problem is, the problem is we or you or I, we've trained ourselves to be really good at moving away from yeah. things we don't want, not so good at moving towards things. What we want. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and the problem is typically it's really, it's really hard for most people to get motivated when the moving towards is about them. Does that make sense? Yeah. But when the moving towards is about other people, facing it's on. actually a lot more. See how excited the dogs get? Yeah. Right? Yeah. When, so, like, so here, I'll give you an example. One of my uh, good friends and coach of mine, Taki Moore, who I've learned so much from, uh, originally his goals were like, you know, certain members in his group or whatever. Didn't really motivate him that much. And then last year, he set a goal. He said, I want to help create 50 millionaire coaches. That's my goal. I don't care how much money I make, how much money the business does, or what our churn or retention is. I just want to help create 50 millionaires. Now, if he creates 50 millionaires, you think his business is going to grow? Of Absolutely. course. Right? Yeah. So there is a self-interest in this, but the main goal isn't about him. It's about helping others. So if you can find a way to marry the place you want to get to, but wrap it in a sense of some impact you can have on others, that will probably do the trick. Does that yeah, make sense? For me. Yeah, yeah, that makes Yeah, and, and here's the thing. A lot of people have these goals where, or they, a lot of people, especially on social media, they wear their virtue on their sleeve, right? Like, it's like virtue signaling is, yeah. is the name a lot of people talk about. Like, I, I care more about people than you do, right? <laughs> I care more about the greater good than you do, right? Which is, of course, a selfish thing to say. Sure, yeah. And I'm a big believer that that if your only motivation is like doing good for others, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. In, in my experience, people who only care about helping other people, they have low self-esteem themselves. Like people with high self-esteem, they have huge goals for themselves and they act with self-interest and they are totally blunt, honest, open and okay with that. And you should be, I am like, like no question about it. But when we can also add a component of, I'm gonna help a ton of people, I'm gonna get a lot of, you know, whatever floats your boat, admiration, recognition, acclaim, money, whatever, security, whatever it might be. I'm gonna get all that shit too, but I'm also gonna be able to help people at the same time. Um, there's still self-interest in that. Because if you're this dude who's helped a million people do something great, like, yeah, you help the people, you feel great, but you now are the fucking star. Everyone yeah. talks about you, your name's in the papers, everyone's like, talking about how great you are. So there's still a large self-interest motivation in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it's not like you, like, I really don't want anyone listening to be like, oh, I need to be unselfish in my goals and that's what's gonna motivate. No, no, no. You should still be totally selfish in your goals, but when you can infuse them with an impact mission also or a way to, to help people also, it's just gonna bring, it's gonna bring more juice out of the whole thing.
Yeah. Okay. So then how do I get rid of the limiting belief of, you know, not being selfish? So like right now I see myself as not very selfish. I like to help a lot of people, but at the same time, I'm not boosting my own ego, which I feel like I should be doing because that's what gives me the full confidence I need to do. So like, how do I get rid of the limiting belief that it's okay to be very egotistic or really what is so when you say like to be egotistical what does that mean to you uh what does it mean Who, who's an example of someone that you think is very egotistical in a good way in a good way well you okay me yeah. so what is it about me that makes you think wow he's egotistical in a good way just the extreme self-confidence okay you know, it's like letting letting people you know admire you i guess how do you let people admire you. It's like, yeah, I was telling you yesterday, somebody called me a god, and I'm like, I'm not a god. How, right, do, I, how right. do I admire that, that people look up to me like that? So, I don't feed on either. Okay. I don't feed on praise, I don't feed on hate. Yeah. Both of them, to me, are, it's the same, it's the same food. It's like the same sandwich and we just flip it over. One side says praise, one side says, hey, I take a bite, I'm going to get both no matter what. Okay. I don't feed on either of them. I try to derive all my own confidence, self-esteem, validation from within. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. if someone if someone's like, dude, Jason, you're a fucking god. You changed my life. Yeah. I love that. I'm happy for them. Doesn't do anything for my self esteem in that moment. Sure. Someone goes, Jason, you're a fucking salesman. You're a snake oil scam. Whatever the Instagram comments say in the ads, whatever, doesn't mean anything to me either. Because if if you feed on praise, you're training yourself to feed on. It's not you're not not training yourself to feed on praise. You're training yourself to feed on all of it. All okay. comments. It's, yeah. it's the same sandwich. So I don't, I'm not, I've trained myself not to feed on the praise and not to feed on either. So therefore, none of my self esteem is wrapped up in anyone else. I am in control of it myself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes complete sense. So what are you thinking right now? Uh, <laughs> realistically, I'm thinking about speaking now. Speaking. <laughs> yeah. well, th well, does that, does that clear up like the, what we were talking yeah. about? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. What, what is it like? Why is it okay? for someone to be quote unquote super egotistical now? Why is it okay? Uh, realistically, just being yourself. Yeah, I think that's what you clarify. It's total yeah. self-acceptance. Yeah. Like I know exactly who I am. I know my, my limits and I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. I've done my best to accept all of them. So I know me so well. How could anyone who doesn't know me tell me anything about me? Exactly. And that's what all social media is. So it's, it's totally irrelevant to me. I've spent so much time trying to learn about myself and accepting the, the edges and accepting the dark places and all of it that this shit is like irrelevant. Yeah. And the only way I can help and reach as many people as I want is if I show up as a fully integrated human being, not one that's split off. Of who you are, yep. Yeah, okay. not one that accepts parts of me but not the other. Right, can you imagine if you picked up an apple and you were like, I accept this side but not this side. <laughs> Like, no, well, you just accept yeah. the apple. Yeah, can you imagine a flower that grew and was like, I like this petal, but I don't like that petal. And it tried to ignore that it was a, like it had, no. Like the flower accepts everything about itself, right? The oak tree accepts all of its branches and it stands there in all its glory. And whether birds shit on it or, or the earth pisses on it with rain or it, the sun shines on it, the tree's gonna grow and do exactly what it wanted to do the whole time. Like be a fucking oak tree. Just be a fucking oak tree. Yeah, I, I like that. it, okay. yeah, that yeah, works. Yeah, that flows really well. Okay, <laughs> so I guess, um, yeah, thanks for that. That's really good. Of course, man. Uh, the final one that I'd have to say is, you know, up next. <laughs> What's up, man? Um,
you know, uh, in terms of public speaking, yes. you know, I see it yeah, as something I've been listening to a lot of Dan Kennedy right, lately, reading his books, you know, RIP. Um, he's actually, I think he's still alive. Oh, he's still, okay. But, awesome. Yeah, our, th um, our thoughts were 100% caught yes. to Dan. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking with the mic. Gotcha. I think it's a transmitter. All right, see you later, bro. Peace out, dude. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's so like public speaking, listening to a lot of Dan Kennedy, he says, you know, it's the best way to grow any brand, all that stuff. So like, what's, what's the best way for somebody who's just getting started? Realistically, your event was the first time I spoke you know, yeah. in front of 20 people. Um, how do I continue that process and how do I go grow? Do I go from 20 to 50, 50 to 75? How so, do I really so, develop well, that? One of the first things we talked about here was brand. Yeah. Do you think more brand will equal more opportunities to speak? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we, like, I personally, I think me and Tiffany, I think we get like two or three requests a week now to speak at different things. And I say no to a lot of them. Um, the ones that pay me typically have a better chance of getting me. Yeah. But that all, that's because of brand. Yeah. As, as like, for instance, like I'm on, dude, I'm big. I'm, and you call it, I don't even think it's that big, but I'm big. I'm just one social media, IG. Yeah. Like we're going to build up a lot of other ones now, but that all, this is from one out of like so many. So you don't have to do that much to start getting more, more opportunities so, yeah. to speak. Yeah. So like build the brand. And one great thing about building the brand is you're going to be on video all the time, which is going to make you better at speaking. And then people are going to see you. Damn, he's a good speaker. We should get him to speak at our thing. Okay. Right. So that, yeah. that like, the skill of power speaking is enormously important. That's why I teach it to all my students and everything that I do. The other thing, and this is a tip I picked up from Dan Fleischman, is that if you want more speaking gigs, then you need to build relationships with people who are already speaking at events because they know event organizers. And you see them speaking at an event and they're your friend. All you got to say is, hey, is there any way maybe you could ask them? I could hop on the, uh, the lineup also. Yeah. And now you're, yeah. Getting, now you're getting in there. Does that make sense? Yeah. What, what I don't think is necessary is like, you don't need like a speaking agent or something like that. Like there's no barrier to entry. It's free to post on social media and build your brand. And, and the other thing, like I think a lot of people don't realize is you have to let people know that you're actually available to speak. Like if you have a website, you should have a thing at the top that says, hire me to speak or something like that. Like some people, they just won't go through the trouble of finding out if you do or if you don't. They'll just assume that maybe you're not a bit, like yeah. it wouldn't even occur to them. So you need to like put it out there. plant yeah. seeds, talk about it, have it on your website, like basic stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah that makes complete sense. And that's just going to lead to more opportunities. And then, and then when you do speak, even at the start, if it's only a few here and there, record everything and then post that content constantly everywhere, remix it, do whatever you got to do. So the audience knows, oh, Paul speaks. Speaker. Exactly. Yeah. Position yourself that way. Yes. Okay. And then basically through all of that being said, it's just going to build up my confidence to speak up more. Totally. Yeah. Dude, how did you get good at ads? Yeah. Reps. Experience. Reps. Yeah. yeah, just repetitions, right? Every day. Same thing with speaking. And if you're on video every day, you're going to get better and better at yeah. speaking. Like when I go back to Puerto Rico and I'm there, I'm not shooting as much video and I can tell like my speaking still pretty good, but it's not as sharp as it is when I'm in California and I'm like the last six days, I don't know how many videos or interviews, like I'm just shooting all day, every day for so many things and you get into this nice flow. Like imagine if you didn't run ads for four months and you came back, you'd be cold. Yeah, right, yeah. But then you do it every single day and now it's like a default setting for you. You're just, normal. You could, I could wake you up at three in the morning and say, Paul, tell a great story. Yeah. And you're like, all right, no problem. So 13 years ago, I was walking up this hill with my grandpa and he told, oh, you're just like yeah. going, yeah. Just going right into it. Okay, yeah. so developing that school, that skill. Um, yeah, Jason, man, this is super, 
super helpful. We went from personal development, we went into business, we went to investing, you know, personal uh, speaking, coaching, all that good stuff. Uh, extremely helpful, man. Will you uh, take action on a lot of the stuff we talked about? Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm taking mental thoughts right now. Hopefully, I get this recording. I'll rewatch it <laughs> multiple times. And, um, dude, I know you will. Um, you, you Kaizen this shit. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Kaizen, always. Badass. Yes. Anyways, thank you, man. Cool. That was awesome. Hey, why don't you have the time you want for yourself yet? Why does your job keep letting you down? It's because you haven't developed the high income skills yet to create your own high income empire for yourself and your family. So at the link below, you now have me as your personal mentor completely free for the next seven days. You have a free username and password. I'm going to get started with you right away. And if you love it, it's only $10 a month after that. All right, you pay more for Spotify, and I promise you Spotify is not gonna change your life and your business the way that this can. Now, I can do this forever, so hit that link and come join us inside right now.